1: Second warning, we don't know anything about anything. So don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously.
0: I truly we are in the icy grips of Father Winter today.
1: Is that because it was 50 degrees this morning?
0: Forsooth, I am wearing th- a jacket. Did you just say wearing th- Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> and sweatpants.
1: And sweatpants. It was lovely. I had to, uh, I woke up this morning feeling cold, which was fantastic. And uh, yeah, had to put a sweatshirt on this morning.
0: No, cold is bad.
1: It will eventually become bad, but right now it's lovely.
0: And in the midst of all this terrible cold, we watched Synchronic from 2019.
1: We did. That was um, quite the transition. I like to bring in a little bit of the
0: real life.
1: It was kind of a surreal transition, much like this movie.
0: Much like this movie from Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, my favorite writer director team.
1: Why are they your favorite?
0: Well, they're responsible for the movie's resolution and the endless, both of which got 5 pluses from me, I'm pretty sure.
1: Which you cannot speak about.
0: I won't ever speak about at any them.
1: level no. because spoilers
0: spoilers
1: other than to say you like these movies extremely well and you think people should watch them
0: yeah they should and this movie definitely seems to carry their their style to it but it's kind of taking it into the mainstream pop direction Sort of.
1: I mean, sort of, but very much in a relative sense. This, yeah. I would not consider this a mainstream pop movie. It's much too surreal for that. Mm-hmm. But I see what you mean, because the other two movies were so far out there that this is a step in the normal direction
0: and the other thing this movie is not is a horror movie
1: i mean not really i do think though that there have been movies that are labeled horror that are not that much more unsettling than this one was i do think this one was unsettling and for some people i think there is some element of horror to that
0: it was labeled horror on IMDb, not first. It was labeled drama, horror, sci-fi, thriller. On the TV, it was just labeled sci-fi, thriller on Netflix where we watched it. And I think that's more accurate. It's, I mean, you know, it's got your your tension and whatnot, but it's
1: yeah. not I mean, horrific. It's the idea, I think for some people... There are elements of this that would be considered horrific, like the idea of losing a child, for example. And there have been plenty of horror movies where that's largely what the movie is about, right? Yeah. That can edge into thriller, but I do think there is an element of horror to for, for many people when you think about the idea of your child going missing and you not knowing where that child is, there's also the element of, I have suddenly found myself, I thought I was sitting on my living room sofa, <laughs> and suddenly I'm standing in a swamp. I mean, like there's There's some horror there. An
0: upsetting situation.
1: Yes. Before we talk too much more about why those things are happening within this movie, I do think I should say... I am going to recommend people watch this movie. And if you are watching it, you want to watch it without any spoilers or information. You want to watch it unadulterated, pure,
0: pure, like
1: synchronic,
0: if you will. Well, now you spoiled them.
1: <laughs> no, I do think, you know, if, if you're thinking you might want to watch this movie, and I am going to suggest that you might want to watch this movie, you should probably go do that before you listen to the rest of
0: this. Okay. So now they've watched it. Yes. And I can say
1: You can say <laughs> spoilers. I just, I just Everyone is going to know. It's
0: effectively a spoiler for their other movies. Wow. Well. These guys are really into time travel and confusion with time and messing with what's happening and what isn't.
1: Yes. It's Perception fun. and all of that. They they're into they're heavily into surrealism and they do it well.
0: Yeah, I think the thing that they do that I just immediately when this movie started I got into it was first of all they love the like the noise from the Inception trailer just like whoa yeah where it just they make the movie feel weighty and somber and you're just like you're seeing these it pans up to the sky and
1: Mm -hmm. you're
0: just everyone's a little depressed and they're just Mm -hmm. contemplating life and And it makes it feel like everything happening in the movie is important, even if it's just, you know, whatever. They're running around trying to save this girl.
1: Mm -hmm. I think part of the point of this movie, and now I want to kind of get away from any comparison to their other movies at all, because, you know, whatever, go watch those movies too. But in this movie, I think, like you said, they make everything feel important. I think that's part of the point of the movie is that even these little things you realize later that they are part of the synchronicity that is happening Ooh, within the movie, synchronicity. right? Synchronicity. Um, you know, Captain America slash Falcon is wearing the, you know, a shirt with a Florida de on it. And later mm-hmm. it's realized, and he kind of mentions like, oh, this is, you know, this shirt belongs to the girl I had a one night stand with last night. Like she owns a smoke shop, right? Yeah it's from her store. And later we find out that her store has been selling the drug that is causing the problem. Like it's these little things that fit in, like it fit within the context of the scene all on its own as just like he plays around. And that's part of his personality is like, he's with different women all the time. And like, he's kind of happy go lucky. Eh, That's not right. What's the
0: depressed go lucky. (laughs)
1: Depressed go lucky. Like, he doesn't, he's not settled down. Like, hes he kind of just floats through life, right? Yeah. But then later it becomes so much more important in the sense that, like, it all ties in together. Everything is connected. And there were a lot of instances of that in this movie.
0: The other visual thing they do, which I took a note on, is their cameras, it's like handheld camera, except it's on, it's mounted on some kind of stabilizing system so what you end up with is this floaty camera that's kind of drifting around and it makes everything dreamlike and like Mm. you're not it's not steady cam it's wavy cam and if you notice that it's it feels weird also it's a reference to one of their other movies that's all i'm going to say about stop that stop
1: spoiling all of their movies we can only spoil one movie today
0: i know but they're so good and i don't know it's uh, so they've got the weighty feeling about all the importance of the individual things mm-hmm. then they have the floaty camera which is about the the unmoored feeling of these mm. people you know when you you take the drug and you drift through time and you get stuck
1: unmoored is a very good descriptor for this movie. Um, and
0: that's the problem Steve had in life. He was unmoored. yes.
1: Yes. And I think those two things go hand in hand. If you think about, you know, in the real world, if you are feeling unmoored, if you if you don't feel tethered to reality, then as you're moving through that any given space or time everything does kind of take on this weightiness because you don't know what's important and what's not. Hmm. You know, you're like, I don't know if that bird over there is important or not. If you're not connected to something, right. Which, you know, is kind of, they played this up even more because it is also, you know, in the real world, you experience that by doing things like synthetic drugs,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> or
1: drugs of any kind for that matter, but yeah. you know, like it's it's recreating that idea. But it, I, you know, as we're talking about it now, I'm realizing that those two feelings tend to go hand in hand.
0: Yeah, uh, it's almost like they were doing something here, and it wasn't just a bunch of college kids grabbing a camera and making garbage. It's
1: almost like it is almost like. And there were so many, so many things. As you're watching, too, you don't know what's important and what's not. Like, the first several scenes are these situations (laughs) where, you know, in one of them, there's a woman on a hotel bed, and suddenly half of her hotel room is a forest. You're like, "Uh, Mm -hmm. okay. Another one, there's a guy in an elevator. The elevator door opens, and there's a desert outside, and then he falls out of the elevator and is falling through the air to land on the ground in the desert. Very disorienting. Very
0: confusing. Not good for him.
1: Um, Definitely not good for him. Uh, None of this was good for any of these folks. (laughs) You know, later they're at the house and, you know, there's the guy who's been stabbed. I thought it was funny how this was revealed. They're like, he has a knife wound on the front. Oh, he also has a knife wound on the back. So he was stabbed by a really long (laughs) knife that went all the way through him. (laughs) They're like... What's that? that? Yeah, is there a name for something like that? Like, but, you know, this guy suddenly being stabbed by a sword, but nobody really knowing why. And the woman there being like, I heard French and the wind was blowing. Like, yeah. just everything. There's all of these little details coming out in such a way that you're like, I know this is important, but I don't know how. And I can't put any of this together right now.
0: Yeah, it really starts you off pretty unmoored, would (laughs) you say? it does.
1: It does. But at the same time, by the end, it does a good job of taking the idea of time travel and being unmoored in time. It does a good job of, of then putting some parameters around what's happening in the movie and explaining the things that were happening so that by the end, it all makes sense. You don't continue feeling unmoored at the end of the
0: movie. Yeah, there's a significant chunk of the movie, which is literally Steve, our main character, experimenting with this drug that in case you haven't figured it out, there's a drug that sends you through time.
1: It's called synchronic.
0: Yes. And he's experimenting with it and trying to figure out exactly how it works. And so he, he actually takes us through several experiments. Is like, okay, here's what I learned from that. And now let me try this change.
1: I liked his scientific approach to it, but I also was like, I don't know. Like, he goes from one place and goes to somewhere in time. And then he moves like four feet over in in his living room and goes to a different place in time. And then he's like, rule number one, (laughs) you go to a different place everywhere you stand. And I'm like, I don't think you have enough data points to prove that. true, but 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 he, he
0: didn't have a lot of pills to work with, so...
1: Right. But I did, I did appreciate like the literal setting of the parameters of what was happening in the movie. Because so often when there's something this big and kind of nebulous and, you know, time travel can be done so poorly in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And most of those ways involve a lack of consistency in the rules.
0: In this movie, I felt like the rules were clear cut, but they were vague they were, yes. they were more like hand-wavy Hollywood ideas instead of real. Like, you sit on this place on your couch and you go to a certain time. Four feet over is the Ice Age, which is millions of years different. And I don't know, it's like there's, not a, there's no precision to it. Like, mm-hmm. he sits in a certain chair and he's like, this is going to work. Is that exactly right? And just all of those things were just really hand-waved.
1: Yeah. The other thing is that... The whole idea, it really, really revolved around the fact that this pill, if you had an undeveloped or underdeveloped pineal gland, it takes you to this other place completely. You are there for seven minutes and you come back to the place you started if you are physically in the place where you arrived.
0: So, like, approximately. But, (laughs) right.
1: Like, the entire thing revolves around the idea that if you're not in the right place at the right time, in where you've traveled to, you're not going to get back home. But then, eh, yeah. That was kind of loosey goosey, too. Like For sure. within seconds, within milliseconds, within inches, within centimeters. Like, you know what are the rules there and they had to have them a little loose because they were also playing with that like he gets to one of the places and he's like in between a couple of branches on a tree and like falls out of the tree and he's like how am i going to get back to that exact spot that i will fall out of
0: and that's when he discovered that the present kind of reaches back to you a little bit, and like mm-hmm. s- objects from the present will be there at that location. You can touch them, and suddenly you're back or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it, it's all it's all a little fluid, mm-hmm. in a way that would definitely make me not interested in this kind of time travel. No, first of all, like, pretty dangerous. if you're not in the right spot, you have no idea where you're going. Like, he almost froze to death the first time he went to the Ice Age, because he spent seven minutes in a blizzard. Yeah, you know, whatever. I wouldn't want to take that kind of random time travel trip anyway. But even if it was... Like, oh, we've discovered that this place takes you to this beautiful tropical beach and you can enjoy (laughs) it for seven minutes. I'd be like, I don't think I'm going to take that trip because mm, everything feels a little fuzzy. That
0: was the other tricky bit with the fuzziness. It seemed like it had a Doctor Who style time travel where when you go to, quote, the same time as someone else, Mm -hmm. you're arriving there that amount of time after they got there. Even though, if you start from the same spot, you're supposed to go to the same point in time. You should be overlapping that person. You would think. (laughs) But no, he went to rescue the girl, and she had already run off to somewhere else, and I guess had been hiding out for a couple days.
1: Well, also, like... Had it been a couple days? Or did he get there? Like, it could have been two minutes after she it got maybe. there. Like, she just ran across the field like he did, hidden in, the, in yeah. the trench with all the bodies like he did. I mean, it was just a matter of minutes. It's possible.
0: They never clarified how long she was gone.
1: But... Uh, You know, there are very few times when people talk about time travel where time flows exactly the same way in all of the different places you go to. Like, that's kind of one of the fundamental things is like, well, you've been gone for two minutes and they're like, I had to live 30 years, (laughs) you know, it's so, yeah, that was that was definitely one of the fuzzy things. Also. I think the idea was that you went to the exact same place. Like, you were not actually traveling through space at all. That
0: was definitely it. You were
1: only traveling through time, which... I mean, I guess, but it really required them to have him travel huge amounts of time. Like in order for him to go, he's in Louisiana. So in order for him to go from what we think of as Louisiana now to something cold, they had to have him travel (laughs) to the ice age, right? Like that's a long time. He traveled to a point where it was just a swamp, which makes sense. Sure. But then, I mean, I guess that could have been thousands and thousands of years, because then he also traveled to the point where it was a Civil War battlefield. Yeah. But not a swamp. When he
0: went to the swamp, he encountered one of the things that happens every single time you time travel, which is that... Wherever you go, there will be someone right there who is really mad that you're there. (laughs) He met a conquistador in the swamp who immediately tried to kill him. He met a crazy KKK guy in the Civil War era. Oh, not the Civil War, but like whatever, the past. racist times
1: it was like the maybe the 1920s or something like that because he was listening to wc on a on a record player yeah so i sort of got like a 1920s 1920s vibe from that one definitely filled with kkk guys i mean they literally were wearing the (laughs) the the cloaks at first i was just like racism obviously and then they came in and they were like wearing their white hoods at the very end
0: but you know he also got attacked by a civil war guy so
1: but like Lots that's my point so at that exact spot during the civil war obviously it was land it was a battlefield it was it was yeah. a field how far back do you have to go for that exact spot to be a swamp where you're standing like literally in the middle of a swamp well, with you know Five inches of water.
0: He commented about how that was a different location because that was at his house versus out in this park. And at his house, he said, oh, it was back when it was a swamp before they drained it to build this neighborhood. <gasps>
1: oh, so, okay.
0: Because I was totally going to say, possible.
1: like, you would have to go back so far and then it doesn't make sense that the conquistador was there. But if they drained the swamp to make yeah. his neighborhood, that makes sense. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah. Okay. I'll give that a pass. We good? Yeah. All right. We cool. The only time he didn't get violently attacked was in the Ice Age, and there was still somebody standing right there coming at him with a weapon, but they made friends.
1: Yeah, because it was the middle of a blizzard and he (laughs) had a fire.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That guy was like, what is that?
1: Well, I hope not, because that guy wouldn't be alive in that place if he didn't belong to some group of people that had
0: discovered fire. He probably knew about fire. Yeah. But he was excited to find it.
1: Yeah. He was. So, okay. So there's all this time travel happening. That's like the the overarching situation in the movie, right? It's happening because of this synthetic drug that was created. And the kind of more personal story that he's dealing with is Steve is an EMT. His best buddy, Dennis, is an EMT with him. Dennis's 18-year-old daughter is one of the people who does this drug, but because she's Not an adult yet. I mean, she's 18, but because her pineal gland hasn't calcified yet the way these other adult ones have, she literally disappears into this other place. And apparently, she didn't know you needed to be in the same spot. You know, she didn't come back after the seven minutes. All of the other people were adults. So they had like experienced waveriness and like.
0: Yeah. Like they experienced the past but they're not really there
1: right they get kind of like translucent and holy (laughs) in in our space they're sort of that way in the other space and then they come back
0: but they are capable of being bit by snakes
1: and stabbed through with swords
0: yeah so they're not that unsolid
1: (laughs) no no but it it doesn't it's not the whole like seven minute thing it's Uh a very temporary thing like just enough time for you to fall down an elevator shaft kind of thing. Yep. Oh, I just figured out why that happened. Because he went to a space that didn't have an elevator shaft and he was at the top.
0: Yeah. They, I get it. There was no elevator in the desert. <laughs> I'm like desert, why did that's he a fall whole different time out. period. Like,
1: I really when I watched it, I think I wasn't looking up I was like making a note or something, so I missed something. And I was like, was the new place like not at the same time You know, like the axes weren't in the same direction. And so, like, he steps out of the elevator and suddenly he's falling downward. I get it now.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So, anyway, the daughter, Brianna, disappears. And so, his best buddy, Dennis, is going through this thing where his 18-year-old daughter has disappeared. They don't know why. And Steve has a brain tumor that means that his pineal gland isn't calcified the way A normal adults would be.
0: Well, isn't that synchronic?
1: It is quite synchronic. So he is able to like use this drug to do these tests and figure out how it works. And then he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go save my buddy's daughter. I'm going to go find Mm -hmm. her because he knew where she disappeared from conveniently.
0: That was interesting. They they were like, oh, she must have left a message somewhere permanent. So that's the first time we get the idea that this is back in time. So you could make changes that affect the future. Mm. And they're like, Hey, she would have left a message. And so they thought that the message carved into this rock always spelled wrong was from her. And it turns out it was not.
1: No, it was not. Okay. Didn't they know that she disappeared from the chair at the frat house?
0: They thought she did. But after Steve tried going there, he came back from the past. And the druggy girl was there and was like... And he was like, did she go from this chair? And she was like, no, she wandered off. And it's like, oh, maybe she should have done a little more research before you wasted one of your pills.
1: Okay, okay. So then they decide... Right, that was the point where he was asking his friend, like, I don't know, you raised her, you share some DNA with her, what would you have done, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Left a message, and they realized there's a message there.
0: Yeah, which apparently is just a coincidence.
1: Okay, did he leave the message? I don't know.
0: I feel like it was there in the past, but maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I mean, I would like to think he left the message, but... I don't know that we ever saw that. I'm not
1: sure either. I know that he looked at the rock, and I don't remember if when he looked at it, if he saw the word always there and was like, oh, it's already there. Or (laughs) if it wasn't there, and then he would like... Carved it, except that doesn't make any sense because he got to say. I was thinking that that might happen because that would be his way of saying goodbye to Dennis, mm-hmm. but he got to say his goodbye because he was able to like half come back and like shake <laughs> Dennis's hand yeah. and like, ooh, ghost yeah. to goodbye him. He was
0: like a Jedi.
1: Yeah. So he saves the daughter and, you know, that's all great, but he's not able to come back. And so he has sacrificed himself and his unmoored, directionless life for the benefit of his friend and his friend's daughter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad, because that was the last pill he had, so he had no way to come back. Yeah. Although, oh yeah, no one else can get pills either, because Dr. Kermani, we haven't talked about, was the inventor of the drug, and he figured out what it was doing, and so he ran around getting rid of it all. So these were the last ones.
1: Yeah. And then Dr. Kermani died of cyanide poisoning.
0: Suspiciously so.
1: Yes. So
0: we, We don't know anything about that. Yeah,
1: I don't know. And that was an interesting little, like... Piece of information that it made me wonder like, did I miss something that I could connect that to? That doesn't feel like it's suggesting like he time traveled and somebody cyanide poisoned oh. him in the past or, you know, yeah, in the past. Or was he like so adamant that he didn't want this to be made that he wanted to get rid of himself? So that no one could make him make more of this drug. I mean, or he couldn't be tempted.
0: That was definitely one of the possibilities, but it's also possible that, like, you know, government people found out what it did and killed him and kept it secret and they'll be producing it or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That kind of thing happens a lot.
1: So, I, it was, there were lots of other things throughout there. There's, there's the idea that for a while, Dennis thinks that Steve is stealing morphine from the ambulance because he sees Steve taking the codeine pills Mm -hmm. and he doesn't know why, because Steve hasn't told him he has a brain tumor. I'm pretty sure Steve shouldn't have been stealing codeine pills from the ambulance either.
0: Probably not.
1: And I don't know, like I don't know enough about drug, how drugs are classified to know what the differences are in terms of, you know, how bad it is. But Dennis suspects that Steve is, you know, becoming the, cliche druggy ambulance worker yeah that's what they called it i'm not saying that that's a cliche i'm not saying all ambulance workers are druggies but then it turns out that the driver who they both hate and who they say is the worst driver they ever had and we almost never see him we see him once turns out he's the one stealing the morphine yeah just just like a weird little aside
0: it is there's a just a fair amount of weird little asides i think Yeah. The other thing that happened in this movie, which I want to ask you about, is Steve would go in for radiation for his brain tumor. And we'd see him, you know, sitting under the plastic thing that holds you down and the laser beam lining up to Mm -hmm. shoot the radiation. And it would cut from there to his past. Yes. And it was like, in a movie like this, I mean, I guess I feel like I understand now that we've seen the rest of the movie, but this was before he experimented with the time travel thing. And after we had seen him get pricked with a needle that one of these druggies that were clearly using Synchronic Mm -hmm. had been using, I thought, you know, are these flashbacks or is this time travel like... You know, the way it's cutting back and forth, we can't tell, but I guess they're just flashbacks.
1: Well, that was was the stuff about the coffins that he was seeing, right?
0: That and I can't remember what else, but there was a whole different thing about his past.
1: I don't remember the other thing.
0: Like, I think maybe he was hanging out with Dennis and they were talking about things or something. I don't know.
1: Well, the coffin thing was explained because that was something that had actually happened.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that he just,
1: you know, his his memory was going back to that, where yeah. they had found there had been a flood that had unearthed some coffins, and it turned out that some of them were actually relatives. Like, it was his parents and his sister of Steve's, and when Steve and Dennis were sent there as part of their work, like, there Steve is having to deal with these flooded out broken open coffins that belonged to his family that was no longer with him. Right. So it was a pretty traumatic situation. But what I did notice is many times through the movie, either he was having memories about things that had happened during his lifetime, where it wasn't something that was jumping to Mm -hmm. outside of his life. It was, this was something from his lifetime Or he was having conversations with someone. And I I remember it happened with Dennis. I think it happened with Brianna. I don't remember who else. Where the phrase, do you remember when? And then talking about something. Like that happened multiple times. To the point where I'm like, this is intentional. This is kind of bringing in that like memory as time travel kind Mm. of idea. is, Is what I thought was happening. Or what it made me think
0: of. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely a lot about you know, more of those weird little asides about his history and how it was synchronic with the events of the movie. Mm-hmm. It was, again, more of that making it feel weighty and important when I don't think it really was. It was kind of a simple story about going to rescue this girl. I don't know. They trick you. They trick Emotional you. Emotional trickery. <laughs> yes.
1: Talk about it as being emotional trickery. I think that you, I I see what you're saying. I think you're right about that. And it's sort of what movies are, right? (laughs) Like the whole idea is to try to like trigger your mirror neurons and get you feeling things that you shouldn't be feeling. Yeah. So I think the thing about this movie and, you know, I will say the movies these guys make is that they take a very complicated thing, which is time travel. And we've talked at length before about how complicated time travel is and how easy it is to mess it up and make it either way too confusing or way too simplistic or like not following rules so it doesn't make any sense. They take this thing that is so hard to do and then they make it relatively simple to understand, like they can plug it into a story that really is about the feelings that you're having, which then makes it easier to understand, right? Mm -hmm. They're not really going into the science of time travel. No. They're saying, how would you feel if time travel worked this way? Which I think is a really interesting way to approach it. And clearly, because we've now seen three movies by these guys and we have liked all of these movies. Mm -hmm. I think it's successful at least for a certain subset of movie watchers. Right. And I guess that's kind of where my review, you know, where my score is going to come from is that they take, they take an idea that makes me feel smart to have watched it and also made it interesting and gave me an emotional connection to it. Like I really felt something for for Steve and his life and the things he was struggling with. And for even for Dennis and Dennis, you know, what was happening between Dennis and his wife, both before and after their daughter went missing, Mm -hmm. like the people in this movie felt so real and relatable and, you know, not necessarily all people I would want to be friends with, but all people who I was like, yeah, that's a whole human being. And that's, that's such a skill. When it comes to making movies. And I think it really is the key factor in whether a movie is good or not.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ultimately.
1: And by that yardstick, I found this movie very successful. And we haven't talked at all really about it. Aside from, you know, you talked about the 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 way they did their filming. You know, the, the filmography aspect of it a little bit. But this is a solidly put together movie. Mm-hmm. They are skilled filmmakers in, you know, how they edit things, sound, lighting, you know, everything goes into it. They are the kind of folks that when they make a movie, every choice that they're making is intentional. There's no like, I don't know, this is what we have on hand. Throw those white socks on him, right? Like yeah. <laughs> every if if you notice somebody in this movie wearing white socks, this is a random example. It <laughs> has nothing to do with the movie it's because there's a reason for it. And i think that too is something that really appeals to me. When you can watch a movie and be like, oh, every shot, every angle, every lighting choice, every, every pair of socks. Every pair of socks adds to what this movie is supposed to be making me feel or understand. So, i am very happily going to give this movie 5 racist babies out of 5. Wow,
0: nice. I enjoyed this movie. We haven't mentioned that it's a fairly funny movie. It's not like really comedic, but they make a lot of jokes. Mm-hmm. There was a good one was uh, when he went to the ice age and he encountered a caveman who looked old. He was like, "That guy looked 10 years older than me despite his paleo diet." <laughs> which is pretty cool. So it was enjoyable. I feel like it did not have the power and importance of the earlier movies that they made. The Endless and Resolution, highly recommended. So I will not be rating it as high as those, but I definitely think it was enjoyable and I would recommend seeing it. So I'll give it four and a half racist babies out of five.
1: Okay. One thing I forgot to mention earlier is how wonderfully they show a male friendship bond mm-hmm. in this movie. Like Steve and Dennis are best friends. They have been best friends for years. They are very different people. And you see the the depth and breadth of their friendship, of their relationship. Like they are like brothers essentially. And one of the things I liked most about that is that they're are points where they are unhappy with each other. There's one point in particular where they're like just shouting horrible things at each other, like because they've known each other for so long, they each know where the other's person where the other person's most sensitive spots are, yeah. and they are going after them because they're both very upset. And that doesn't destroy their friendship. Like that happens, and then they get over it. They apologize, they they move on. And That's something we see a lot with women friendships, because it's okay to have a close emotional bond. If you are a woman with another woman, that is a totally normal thing in in movies and TV and whatever. And we don't see that a lot with men. And I really thought that this, this showed that aspect of male friendship and relationship really, really well. So if you want to see that, this is a good example of that.
0: All right. I'm disappointed that it was not horror, but I will accept it because I got to see another one of their movies. (laughs) And I know of two more that we could be seeing.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But we're not going to do that right away.
1: Well, that is that. And uh, next week, we will be back with some other movie.
0: Not by these guys.
1: We will have traveled through time,
0: to next but week.
1: not through space because we'll still be on our own couch.
0: Oh, yeah. That's where I stay. <laughs> See you there next week.
1: Bye. Have both my middle fingers. Just <gasps> FYI, I see
0: them both. <laughs>